Please open your Bibles this evening to Psalm 103. The sermon title this evening is Remember the Love of the Lord. And I hope that's, uh, that the Lord would be gracious to us uh, and grant us uh, that we would remember His love this evening. Psalm 103, beginning at verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your, disease, your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will He keep His anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear Him. For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, but the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him, and His righteousness to children's children, to those who keep His covenant and remember to do His commandments." The Lord has established His throne in the heavens, and His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you His angels, you mighty ones who do His word, obeying the voice of His word. Bless the Lord, all His hosts, His ministers who do His will. Bless the Lord, all His works in all places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let us pray. Lord God, help us this evening to actively bless and praise You as we remember Your love, as we remember Your goodness to us. Lord, help these words not to fall on deaf ears, but help us to hear, to know, and to praise our God. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Here in Psalm 103, David wants his soul and all of God's people to bless the Lord. As verse 1 says, that, that they would bless the Lord with all that is within them. And we see a key in verse 2. How the way that David 
in this psalm wants us to bless the Lord is by not forgetting all of His benefits. It reads, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. David here is using Hebrew poetry to specify and underline what he means by blessing the Lord. We actively bless the Lord as we remember. As we remember His love for us and all of His benefits. This year, uh, on our anniversary, I, I really disappointed my wife and failed as a husband. July 19 rolled around, and it was uh, just like any other day for me. Uh, uh, while drinking coffee, my wife even prodded and hinted that there was something special about that day. And even with that, it was just like any other day. It wasn't until halfway through the day that my father texted me congratulating me on my anniversary uh, that, I, that I ran to the phone to call my wife to apologize. I had forgotten our anniversary. And it's not that an anniversary is anything special or in and of itself, but I had forgotten uh, that the day was special, that the day was set apart to celebrate our marriage. In my forgetfulness, I declared that this day was not worth remembering. As I forgot, as it wasn't in my mind and a priority for me that day, I declared that our, our wedding day wasn't worth celebrating. There, there were a hundred things on my mind that morning, and not one of them was our anniversary, even though that should have been paramount on that day. I'd forgotten, and it brought a real disappointment to my wife. Plummer, in his commentary, speaks of the sin of our forgetfulness. He says, One of the saddest proofs of our fallen condition is our propensity to forget God's benefits, especially His unspeakable gift, Jesus Christ. And in the midst of David's soul forgetfulness, he rouses himself and all of God's people and calls us to remember the name of the Lord, calls us to remember the character of our God. And love is at the center of this psalm. We can point to this most specifically because the steadfast love of the Lord is the only word in this psalm uh, that has grand and emphatic adjectives attached to it. In verse 8, we see that the steadfast love of the Lord is abounding. David's not focusing on, on the Lord being abounding in mercy, mercy and grace and long-suffering, though he is. Uh, David's focus, though, is on the steadfast love of the Lord abounding. And in verse 11, we see that the Lord's steadfast love is described as great. It is as high as the heavens are above the earth. In verse 17 as well, another grand adjective. The Lord emphasizes the Lord's steadfast love for His people as He describes it as being from everlasting to everlasting. As David speaks of the salvation of the Lord, the mercy and grace of God in this psalm, what's paramount, what, what encompasses all of it is God's love for His people. This word, uh, steadfast love, 
um, is the English word that we use uh, for the Hebrew word hesed. And there is uh, no real uh, English equivalent to this Hebrew word, uh, which is why we need two words to translate it. Uh, Because it speaks of a true, abiding, cherishing love, while also speaking of a faithfulness, a dedication to that love. Uh, um, uh, So many people love this word so much because of that combination of of a true love, an overwhelming love, as well as a dedication, a commitment to that love. This evening, that is what we're going to be remembering, the love of of the Lord. And we're going to do that in three points. First, in the first five verses, we're going to look at the Lord's loving gifts. And then in verses 6 through 14, the Lord's loving grace. And then in verses 15 to 19, the Lord's loving generosity. The Lord's loving gifts, the Lord's loving grace, and the Lord's loving generosity. Let's begin by opening up these gifts, right? Just as we did this last Friday around the Christmas tree. Let's open up these gifts of Christ from Scripture. When David wants to remind himself to praise the Lord, he begins by recounting these amazing treasured gifts, what the Lord has done for us. He begins in verse 3. says that the Lord has forgiven all of our iniquities. We've been forgiven with what is by, um, from what is wrong within us. How we are bent towards sin, bent away from God. Our wickedness, our propensity to sin is forgiven. Not only our sins, right, our, our past, present, and future sins, uh, which are outside of us, which, which do call us into account. Not only our sins are forgiven, but we as people are forgiven. Our iniquity, what is wrong with us, is forgiven. The perversion that dwells within your body, the Lord grants forgiveness. And not only has, has our status now been changed to be forgiven, but our diseases, as well in verse 3, have been healed. And all the commentaries that I read agree that this, this healing is healing the disease of the heart. Again, Plummer in his commentary says, it might apply to maladies of the body, but it doubtless has a chief reference to the disease of the soul. He goes on to say, if God's blessing stopped at the forgiveness of sins and not to go on to cure the madness of our hearts, we should be both vile and miserable forever. Out of the love of the Lord, He's forgiven our iniquities and He's healed our diseases. He's healed our hearts. David goes on in verse 4 and recounts the gift of being redeemed from the pit. And this word redeem often refers uh, to, some, uh, to a slave being bought out of slavery. A ransom has to be paid. Our status was set. Uh, We were sinners. We were destined for hell. Yet the Lord has paid for us to be redeemed. The Lord was not okay with His loved ones being destined to hell. 
His love was so overwhelming to us that He could not stand us to be punished. And going from being destined from the pit, now we see in verse, uh, uh, verse 4 that we've been redeemed and given life. We've been crowned with steadfast love and mercy. This crown is used here metaphorically to, to speak of honor. The Lord, as He was not content with us to be dead in our sins, He has given us now a crown of honor. He's set you apart. He's crowned you with His steadfast love and mercy. He has set upon your head, or has bestowed upon you His love. When He looks on His children, He sees love and mercy. This means as, as you look at your life, or as the devil accuses you of being a sinner and hated by God, you can look the devil's in, devil in the eye. You can point to your crown. You could tell the devil that in the eyes of the Lord, which is what we live by, we've been crowned with love and mercy. You're not a nobody. You're not worthless. You're not hated by God. Your identity is one of being loved. Verse 5 continues, David recounts yet another gift that the Lord has given him. Not only has he been set apart to be loved, now he's been blessed by the Lord and satisfied with good. The Lord grants this satisfaction. The Lord is the one who gives this satisfaction. What he's satisfied with is goodness. The Lord has filled a need in David's life. The Lord has brought David to be whole and full. We lack nothing as we are the Lord's. We've been made satisfied and complete by the Lord's goodness, especially as the Lord has made us full. Especially as the Lord has granted us wholeness in our spirit. Today we get to be satisfied knowing that the Lord takes care of us, that He holds us, that He loves us. And one day we will be satisfied with all good things, physical, emotional, and spiritual in the new heavens and new earth. And having been satisfied and full of good, we see that we are now renewed as well. We're given life and a vitality in the Lord. Strength that we did not have before. We're given a new reason, new strength to live this life. No longer weary, no longer burdened, but now given rest and renewal. The Lord wants to grant you rest to be able to enjoy the blessings, blessings that He has given you. The Lord has given us so many good gifts out of His love and especially in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, we see the love of God to forgive all of our sins, to heal all of our diseases, to crown us, you and I, with steadfast love and mercy, to satisfy us. 
to renew our youth. Praise the Lord. And David moves on in verse 6 to 14 to speak of the Lord's loving grace. Not only have we been given these gifts, but now David speaks of this grace. David focuses on the Lord's grace amidst our sin. Even our own sin doesn't thwart the love that God has given us. Even our own sin doesn't take away from the gifts that the Lord has given us. And many of us know what this grace is, even in this world. In verse 13, David compares the Lord's grace, which which we see in the face of sin, the Lord's grace in the face of sin, to God being a father to his children. David uses a relationship that we can all understand and know in order to point to the grace of, of the Lord in the face of our sin. And God has always revealed Himself as our Father. And it's through that lens that we see His grace displayed. When I think of good fathers, of fathers that really love their children, fathers that I want to emulate, it's those who love their children even in the midst of sin. Fathers uh, that you see at a grocery store with their child kicking and screaming at them and yet loving them so much that they're gracious. Or a father who's just heard that his unwed daughter is pregnant, who loves that daughter so much that grace easily flows out. That even in the midst of sin, this father loves and cherishes his daughter. What a gracious and loving Father we have as we look at the Lord's loving grace. First of all, we see in verse 6 that He protects and works justice for His children. He makes all things right. When His children are oppressed, He's not content with them being oppressed. He shows His love by making all things right. Secondly, in verse 7, we see that His Father makes known to Moses and the people of Israel He makes Himself known throughout the exodus, throughout the the wanderings in the desert. The Lord continued, despite their sin, to make Himself known. He continued in His grace to show His mercy and love for them. And this is picked up in verse 8. As the psalmist quotes from Exodus, the Lord made Himself known. The Lord made His character known. As the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. When you think of the Lord's character, that's the verse that should come to mind. When you think of what does it mean, or what what does the word Lord mean? What does that mean for me as a believer? The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is not quick to be angry with us. He's not easily frustrated. Instead, He's abounding in love. He is so full of love for you and for me that His anger comes very slowly. Again, as a gracious and loving Father, the Lord does not bring a charge or an accusation quickly. 
Verse 9 says, He will not always chide. Which means that when we sin, He's not always ready and eager right away to bring an accusation. He does not exist in order to bring us to judgment. Rather, He exists to show us His love. And verse 10 continues, to show how the loving Father deals with His children. Not always dealing with them according to their sin or repaying them for their iniquity. Even though we are sinners, that's not how the Lord deals with us. Instead, He deals with us not as sinners, but as redeemed children. He sees our sin and yet does not repay us accordingly. Again, in verse 11, we see that the reason why, the reason why the Lord does not deal with us according to our sin or repay us for our iniquity is because He loves us. The word for here connects verse 10 and 11. It's an explanation. The Lord deals, does not deal with us according to our sin because His love for us is as high as the heavens are above the earth. He just loves His children so much that He doesn't deal with them according to their sin. His love is so abounding that our sin cannot thwart it. This loving Father, instead of destroying us because of our sin, in verse 12 it says that His grace removes those transgressions from us in infinite distance. He sends our sins to the West and tells our sins, all right, sins, you can stop and you can accuse my people when you find West. Our sins are so removed from us. What a beautiful picture of what our loving Father does with our sins. And David wraps up this portion of the psalm as he describes the love that he has for his people in the midst of his sin. And we see David describe the Lord as compassionate in verse 13. And this is further developed in verse 14. He remembers our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He is caring because he knows that we are sinners. That we easily forget. That we will sin and that we will disappoint Him. Like a father knowing uh, that his three-year-old child is going, at some point to, uh, going to sin at some point on their grocery store trip. He's not surprised when the child sins, but greets that sin with love, knowing the frame of the child. How great is it to know that when we sin, we're faced with a compassionate God, not one that's excited to punish us. A God so full of love that our sins are made to be nothing. And not only have we been given amazing gifts because of the Lord's love for us, not only has He shown us to be a gracious and loving Father even in the midst of our sins, but in verse 15 to 19, we see the psalmist remember the Lord's loving generosity. In verse 15 and 16, we see a David describes man's worth outside of being in a relationship with the Lord. 
One day you're flourishing, the next you're gone. And your memory is gone as well. Our existence outside of the love of the Lord is nothing. No purpose. No impact on this world. We have nothing outside of the love of the Lord. We live and we die. Yet in verse 17, we see that to those who fear the Lord, His steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting. And this is not only for us, but it's for our children, as the Lord is a covenantal God. Not only are we brought in, but our children have a special place in this kingdom as well. The Lord displays His loving generosity as He takes a no one and brings him into a relationship with Himself. Brings him into His kingdom. Before the foundation of the world, the Lord set His love, His infinite love on His people. Knowing that He would be generous to you. Knowing that He would bring you from being nothing to being brought into a relationship with the God of the universe forever. And in verse 17 and 18, we actually see a note, or or, or we see a condition. It's for those who fear the Lord. In verse 17 and 18, it's made clear that the Lord's generosity from being made worthless and nothing to being brought into a loving kingdom is because of one's fear of the Lord, which is further defined in verse 18 as keeping His covenant, remembering to do His commandments. It's only those who fear the Lord, keep His commandments, or keep His covenant, and remember to do His commandments that are blessed by the Lord. And this same condition is for the great love that the Lord has in verse 11 and the compassion of the Lord in verse 13. All conditioned by the fear of the Lord. Yet, this condition is not something that we produce in ourselves. For those of us whom the Lord has graciously opened our eyes, for those of us who the Lord has graciously brought to bring us to see the Lord and to fear Him, for those of us whom the Lord has been gracious enough to give us His Spirit to frame our lives under His control, we know that this fear and this keeping and this remembering is not something that we bring ourselves to do. We know that this fearing and keeping and remembering is initiated and worked out by God Himself. It's another gift that we've been given. It's another way that the Lord has shown His love to His people by bringing them to fear Him. But if you do not fear the Lord, you must know that fearing the Lord is something that the Lord will grant to you if you ask Him. One does not have to be all, uh, all uh, fully sinless. One does not have to be perfect. One does not have to be all buttoned up to be loved by God. 
You do not need to be perfect in order to be given the gifts, grace, and generosity of this loving Lord. But to receive these blessings, you must fear the Lord. And fearing the Lord is offered to you today. Ask the Lord, if you've never asked Him before, ask the Lord that He would work in your heart to fear Him, to see Him, to know Him. And as you beg and as you set yourself at His feet, He will welcome you in. Come to Jesus and He will give you the faith to receive these gifts. Ask the Lord to open your eyes that you would see God, that you would fear Him, and that all these gifts would be yours. Brothers and sisters, because of the Lord's steadfast love, because it abounds so greatly, the Lord is gracious. Because the steadfast love of the Lord is as great as the heavens are above the earth, your sins have been renewed, removed. Because the steadfast love of the Lord is eternal, your relationship and blessing is forever. In Jesus, we have been given redemption. We are shown clearly the steadfast love of the Lord towards you and I personally. This Sunday... We have gathered together. We've celebrated. We've remembered what the Lord has done for His people. We've sung of it. We've prayed of it. We've opened the Word. We've even witnessed a sacrament this morning. And as we've remembered as a congregation, that has blessed the Lord. As Christmas is a day set apart to remember and celebrate with friends and family. So the Sabbath for us is set apart to remember the Lord. Let's have 2021 be a year of remembering the Lord, not forgetting His love. As that will glorify and honor Him. And not only is this just for us as a congregation, but in verse 20 and 20 well, or in verse 20 and 22, this is a blessing with the angels. And in verse 22, with the rest of creation. Let's bless the Lord as we remember what He has done. As we remember the love of the Lord, which went to work redeeming and adopting us into his family. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, even, even this evening, we still, as we've tried to understand your love, we still fall so short. Lord, you love us so much. You care for us so much. Lord, You've given us so many gifts. 
Lord, you've been so gracious to us even in the midst of our sin. You've done so many great things for us just because you love us. Lord, help us to remember that. To never forget how much you love your people. Especially as we remember Jesus Christ. Lord God, we praise you. We thank you that you love us this dearly. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand and sing as we remember the Lord's love in song, how deep the Father's love for us.